You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 11th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R-R underscore O-M-D. A lot to get to on the show today. The Orlando Magic signing Troy Copain to a two-way contract. I'll break that down. I'll talk a little bit about where the Magic are at the point guard position this summer, especially in light of the news or the report coming, or not the report, I guess Jeff Altman told Josh Robbins directly, especially in light of the report that the Orlando Magic are essentially done with this summer. No more, no more major moves, at least on the horizon as Summer League continues. I would be remiss, though, if I did not tell you to get the latest on the goings-on around the NBA. Be sure to check out the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Bulls just did a big episode on the re-signing of Zach Levine. I know that that was a big thing uh, with uh, with the restricted free agency. Well, probably, I, you know, I may talk a little bit more about Aaron Gordon and his restricted free agency and, and what he brings back to the Orlando Magic tomorrow. So we'll reset that story about Zach Levine tomorrow on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But be sure to check out Locked On Bulls as well as Locked On NBA for the latest going on around the NBA. You can find every NBA team on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for just search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. Obviously, a lot still to get to here as uh, Summer League continues. The Magic will be back in action Thursday against the Utah Jazz uh, as, uh, as Summer League action hits tournament play now out of the preliminary round. But the big news coming up, uh, not the big news, the big news is coming up later, but the the interesting news coming up is the Orlando Magic have signed Lakeland Magic guard and Orlando Magic summer leaguer Troy Copain to a two-way contract. This is a move that everyone, I think, largely expected throughout most of the summer. Copain had a really nice season with the Lakeland Magic, was one of their better players all year. Obviously, he was with the team the entire season, uh, had some really good games and had some really, really good moments. Uh, for the Lakeland Magic last year, Troy Copain averaged 15.6 points per game and 5.8 assists per game, shot 34.7% from the floor, from beyond the arc, excuse me. Um, again, just had a really, really nice year. For, for a Lakeland Magic team, that's a lot of movement, a lot of players going in and out, whether it was Rodney Purvis at the end of the year, Ken Burch at the beginning of the year, um, Byron Mullins coming in toward the end of the year. Copain was the rock for that team. He was the guy... That got everyone, I mean, he was the point guard. He got everyone into their sets. He, he really managed that team well. And point guard is still a position that I think he's learning. You can kind of see it a little bit in summer league, just how much he's still learning that position and learning, you know, how to be a bit of a scorer, how to be a bit of a distributor at, at Cincinnati in his four years at Cincinnati. He wasn't always the main scorer. He could create for himself a little bit, but it wasn't quite what his game was about. His game was more about toughness and defense, which he definitely brings to the table as well. In three summer league games, Copain is averaging 12 points per game, 3.3 assists per game, and shooting and making 52.2% of his shots. It's even after a difficult game on Monday against the Phoenix Suns. Copain is certainly impressed. If you've never seen Troy Copain play before, um, he had a, had some turnover problems, I thought, in Monday's game. But if you've never seen Troy Copain before, um, you're, you definitely notice him when he's out there. I mean, Orlando has had a nice little run of point guards here on the summer league team between Isaiah Briscoe and Troy Copain. Um, they're both capable of playing off the ball. Uh, Copain is capable of playing off the ball, hitting that outside shot. He's capable of, of driving into the lane with control. You know, kind of like a, a younger version of DJ Augustin in a lot of ways. Maybe not as good of a shooter as DJ Augustin is. Um I thought last year when the Magic called up Rodney Purvis on a 10-day contract from the Lakeland Magic, 
I really thought that was going to be Troy Copan. That's no knock on Purvis, who unfortunately has struggled a bit during summer league. He's got he's he's going to be invited to training camp, so maybe there's not the, the same urgency. But um, I thought that Copain was the guy they were going to call up because they needed a third point guard, and, and he's a really good player. And it seemed like the plan all along was to get Copain on a two-way deal. The two-way deal, of course, means that Copain will, will only be able to play with the Magic for 45 days. It's 45 days, not games, days, over the course of the G League season. So first month of the year, he'll probably be in Orlando for a good chunk of it, and then the last month of the year, he'll probably be in Orlando for a good chunk of it. Um, but Copain, Copain definitely fits that need that the Magic have at point guard. And right now, Orlando's got a really interesting point guard competition brewing, a really interesting group of guards um, that probably aren't going to entice and excite everyone the way that, that everyone would want, but could someone could break out and be interesting. And I would honestly say that, that Copain, um, while he's on just a two-day contract for the moment, I honestly think Copain could compete for minutes with, with, that, with the group that the Magic have assembled, with the group that the Magic have put together. Um, I think it's very possible that, that you know, he'll have another great year in Lakeland, I think, but it's very possible that he'll force his way onto the roster if he plays well enough. And, and again, plays well enough with the Magic, not necessarily with the Orlando Magic, not the Lakeland Magic. But I think Copain is definitely capable of doing that. I, I'm really high on this kid. I really like what I've seen from him. Um, it's just a matter of seeing what he can do at the NBA level, which he's never had to do before. Um, that's the big question, I think, with Copain. But two-way contracts are a great way to get things started. Orlando still has one open roster spot and one open two-way contract to spend. I suspect Justin Jackson will either get that open two-way contract or, I honestly think this is more likely, I think the Magic will retain his rights and just park him in Lakeland for the entire year to let him rehab and get his rhythm back and and you know become the player that they drafted with, with their second-round pick. Um, Orlando has made it made it no secret that they plan to use this this G League device that they have. Um, I think Copain is is an example of that. A guy who's developed in their system, developed in in their culture, albeit with a different coach, although different Magic Orlando Magic head coach, not Lakeland Magic head coach. Um, but really interesting to see this guy grow. Magic have invested a lot in him. They continue to invest a, lo- a lo- lot more in him. And it'll be interesting to see what he does next for the Lakeland Magic and then eventually for the Orlando Magic because the point guard position is a really interesting one right now for Orlando. And that's that's where I want to go next. Last week, we did an entire episode talking about Isaiah Thomas. And, and that, you know, was uh, not jumping a gun because because my understanding and, and the talks that I had with, with some people, um, the Magic really did kick the tires on Isaiah Thomas. They really did do some research and... and and get down to it and, and figure out if that was the right move for him. And, you know, I, I'll fully admit that that I thought it was the right move. I mean, I'm not privy to the same information that the Magic have on, on him and, and on his medical history especially, um, and maybe even some locker room stuff. But um, I thought that uh, Isaiah Thomas is the exact kind of player that the Magic should take a risk on right now. Get a, Give him a one-year deal, make good offer, try and win some games, try and establish a winning culture, try and... Bring someone that will put guys back in their right spots and help guys um, play at a higher level. He doesn't fit necessarily the the length and athleticism culture that the Magic want, but he'd be a good stopgap for a year or two. and And I think generally that's that's still how I feel that that if push comes to shove, that roster spot's still open and Isaiah Thomas is still out on the market, give him the rest. Give him five million dollars to come play for a year. It benefit. I think it benefits everyone still, and I'll I'll still continue to say that, but. The Magic, it appears, decided 
not to go that route. The magic, it appears, decided that Thomas wasn't the right guy for them. Um, for whatever reason, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, things never got to the point where they were discussing numbers or discussing contracts. I had been told I had been told that um, that that it did get to that point, but but who knows if it actually did. Um, if it did, if it did, maybe it was just figuring out how much to offer him. I don't know. Um, whatever the case is, the Magic decided not to go with Isaiah Thomas. The talk around summer league, both Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel and Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders reporting this um, early on in summer league that Orlando kicked the tires on it. They discussed it internally, but decided not to move forward. S- say whatever you want about it. Good decision, bad decision. Orlando decided to move on. And they did so with that trade that we discussed on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. With that trade acquiring Jerry and Grant. It doesn't take a genius to say that Isaiah Thomas at his absolute best, that his best case scenario for the 2019 season, is better than Jerry and Grant at his best in the 2019 season. At the very at the very least, all we can really say about Jerry and Grant three years into his basketball career is that he might be a decent backup. He's still an inconsistent shooter. His defense leaves a lot wanting. A lot of people, honestly, would call him the dreaded tweener. And tweener not in a good way. Tweener in that he probably isn't a good enough ball handler and floor general to play point guard at a high level, but not enough good not a good enough shooter or player off the ball to play shooting guard at a high level. But he's got enough talent to stick around and keep trying. And 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 I'll say this about that. Um, I do think taking a chance on a young player, giving him an opportunity, is also, just like the Isaiah Thomas risk is a risk the Magic probably should take, giving a young guy an opportunity to play is also a risk the Magic are in a position to take. It's not a bad move. And certainly, trading Bismack Biombo and getting back an asset of value, which the Magic did here in acquiring Jerry and Grant, is a positive thing. But, as we'll discuss in just a little bit, Jeff Weltman has pretty much said the Magic are done this summer. Unless another opportunity pops up that's unforeseen, the Magic are done. And so their point guard rotation, and Jeff Weltman, if you go on OrlandoCentral.com and read the article from Josh Robbins, Jeff Weltman really says, we believe DJ Augustin can be our starting point guard for this season. I think no no one's under the impression that he is not a that he is a long-term solution, but certainly capable of of holding the ship steady for a time. But again, he's not a long-term solution. I think most of us would agree that DJ Augustin is a fine backup point guard. Is he a starter? Is he someone that you can rely on to be the starter for a winning team? Most of us would answer most nights that that's probably a no. And again, he's not the long-term solution. No one is. But Orlando has gone out and signed a lot of point guards. There was a needed point guard entering this offseason with Alfred Payton gone. People thought that the Magic might try and address it through the draft. They didn't. Then people thought they might address it through trades. So far, they haven't. And instead, Orlando has gone into the season now with a point guard rotation of DJ Augustin as a starter. Jerry and Grant as the backup. Isaiah Briscoe as your third guy, and Troy Copain as your fourth point guard. Orlando has four point guards on the roster now. They started with one after waving Shelvin Mack, and now they have four. 
whether those four are good enough to accomplish whatever goals the Magic have is an entirely different question. But I do think that this signals what kind of season we're in store here for the Magic. I kind of quietly said this. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but but I think I said, I know I said this on, on Twitter at least. My expectation for the Magic this year is they'll probably have a very similar season record-wise to what they had last year. But things will feel more hopeful because you've got, I mean, we're already seeing it in Summer League, how Muhammad Bamba can change games, how Jonathan Isaac looks a lot better. So maybe the team wins a few more games. But clearly, I think, even with Steve Clifford or with John Hammond saying, you know, there's a story every year, why can't we be that story? Realistically here, I don't think we can look at this Magic roster today on paper and say this is a playoff team. And this point guard question, at least how the Magic have answered it so far, is a clear signal of that. Orlando is going with a guy who is probably better as a backup to stabilize their their, their, their team at point guard. They brought in an unproven young player to back him up. They brought in another unproven young player to back him up a guy that was playing in the Estonian League last year in Russia, in Estonia. To say the least then, this all to me signals Orlando is still in rebuild mode. Now that's neither good nor bad. I, I, I've, I've, I've noted that several times. I've already gotten people upset with the Magic for not signing Thomas who are like, how is this team going to make the playoffs? If you get Thomas, you make the playoffs. Again, that's no sure thing because Thomas could be hurt. Thomas could be seriously hurt, and that's why everyone's staying away. There's no certainty in that. And going away another season after six seasons is a tough pill to swallow. It absolutely is Jeff Waltman can say it as many times as he wants, and he is 100% correct in saying it, that this is really their second year, really their first year with the organization. They're trying to create more financial flexibility. And they really didn't have a lot of options in front of them this summer. But it is fair to say, I think, that... This Magic team is not pushing its chips in. It's still being very, very cautious. And this point guard decision to me is a signal, is a symbol of that. That Orlando is not quite ready to compete. If they do, it's a happy accident. No one's going to complain. And I don't think this team's going to tank again either. But results aren't the most important thing. Acquiring Jerry and Grant and relying on him to be your backup, or relying on DJ Augustin to be your starter, does not suggest to me a team that has winning as its priority, or at least as its its, its main priority. It's, It's a priority, don't get me wrong. I think this team wants to win. But they're not pushing chips into the table. They're 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 waiting their turn. They're biding their time still. And right or wrong, that is the direction the Magic are going, because Jeff Weltman again has said. 
they're done making moves this offseason. And I'm sure that's going to bring a whole new round of criticism for Jeff Weltman. Jeff Weltman has had some pockets where he's earned criticism. The famous line last year after the draft, when he claimed that the draft flattened out at 25, missing out on a couple good players, including Kyle Kuzma. Um, the Not getting a point guard, if this was the plan all along, to go with DJ Augustin as your starter, why not try and get a point guard in the second round with a Shake Milton or DeAnthony Melton, I think, was still available. Or Trevon Duvall. Again, if you don't like any of those guys, fine. That's, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. But now that Orlando's, I mean, Orlando entered this offseason again with so little maneuverability, with so little ability to just do anything. Aaron Gordon took up a lot of the oxygen of the offseason. He took up all their cap room. Orlando is now over the cap to having to re-sign Aaron Gordon. And, and while I think Weltman did a great job getting a team-friendly deal on that by getting a, a front-loaded contract, certainly, 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 the Magic felt like they needed to do more. And this is the caution that I will bring out of Weltman's comments. Weltman's hands were tied this summer. He had one major move he could make, and he made it, and that was to re-sign Aaron Gordon. Everything else was waiting for opportunity. An opportunity came along to acquire an asset for Bismack Biombo. Weltman took it. There was the opportunity there to sign Isaiah Thomas. And I, I honestly, I will say this, I trust Weltman and Hammond not to make a knee-jerk fan reaction like, like some of us would, and I'll probably be included in that sometimes. I'm sure they did their research and did their due diligence. Weltman seems like a very deliberative guy. I'm sure they did their research and due diligence and came to the conclusion that this is not the right person for us and moved on. And so... At this juncture of the summer, at this juncture of July and Summer League, it appears there is nothing on the horizon for the Magic. It appears that nothing is imminent. And with only about $6 million of the mid-level exception to spend, you're not bringing in an impact guy anyway. But that word that I mentioned earlier, opportunity, being opportunistic, that's the key to the rest of this offseason. I've said it. I will still say it. I still believe it. This needs to be an offseason of change. If not an offseason of change, I will be willing to procrastinate and extend it to, say, a season of change. The Magic cannot return the same core again and expect a different result. They've got to continue flipping over the pieces. And while I think Steve Clifford is right that, yes, this team did something really good at the beginning of last season to get to 8-4, and four, to be a competitive team, and injuries just sapped them all away, it doesn't change the fact that, once again, things got hard, and the Magic not only wilted, they crumbled like Thanos snapped them. And that has happened time and time again. It happened two years ago under, or three years ago under Scott Skiles. A, a moment 
and, and a fear almost that this Magic team had and talked about openly as they were going 8-4. and four. And it happened again this year where a great start completely collapsed from injury, but perhaps from all those scars of years past. Just a lack of confidence, maybe, or lack of culture. Whatever you want to call it. And it's for that reason that I do think that the Magic need to seriously continue, seriously explore trades for Nikola Vucevic, especially because I, I'd like to see Mohamed Bamba starting, and I'd like to see Ken Birch play. I think those guys fit what the Magic are trying to build much better than Vucevic does, unfortunately. It means that the Magic probably should be shopping Evan Fournier around to see what happened. Adrian Wojnarowski of, uh, on the latest episode of the Woj Pod said that the Magic had, you know, were sniffing around for some deals with Fournier, but didn't find anything. You know, I honestly, I mean, as much as there, there are a lot of guys to really like, but, you know, you see what you can get. This isn't to say the Magic should make a change just to make a change. I, I don't believe that. And I think that's really where the statement that, that Weltman made is coming from. That, when he, when Josh, I mean, when whatever question Josh asked him in Vegas, Waltman was saying essentially, and again, go to OrlandoSentinel.com, read the article from Josh Robbins at the Orlando Sentinel, he interviewed Jeff Weltman to talk about the summer a little bit. Um, I think Jeff Weltman is saying that there are no opportunities right now. We don't anticipate chasing after anyone in free agency anymore. Right now, things are going to be a little quiet. But that doesn't mean things will not pick up again. Orlando still could get involved in a trade. Something could pop up. And when that opportunity arises, that's when the Magic have to be willing and able to get after it. To chase it down. And to figure out if it makes sense for this team. Just like they did with Isaiah Thomas. That may mean they turn down those chances because they don't fit what the team wants. Like Isaiah Thomas. I tell everyone to this all the time who's frustrated with the lack of activity. A bad deal is worse than no deal. If the Magic can't find a taker for Nikola Vucevic, he's still a productive player. It's not like he's bad. He He may not be what you want at the end of the day. And if he walks, he walks next summer. I don't think it'll get that far, but I think he'll have value at the trade deadline. And so maybe that's why the Magic are holding on to him because they know they've got time. There's no rush to do anything. And so to do something takes the right opportunity and the right player and the right fit. That's really what this comes down to at the end of the day. Orlando did not have a lot they could do this summer. Trades still remain the biggest thing that the Magic can do. And those do not stop just because free agency slows down. Or summer league ends. And that and it has its own deadlines and own flow, so to speak. Trades could pick up again very quickly in August or September or closer to training camp as teams really begin to assess and figure out their rosters. It's not likely, it's not as 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 prominent, but it does happen. But again, it's about finding opportunity. And not just opportunity, the right opportunity. 
And so the magic, it seems, are done for now. Not that they're going to unplug the phones and stop taking calls. But they are done for now. The biggest bulk of their summer is complete. And when you look at the Magic's roster today, there's probably a 75% chance that that is the roster you will see in training camp come September with maybe one more addition as a two-way player. For good or for bad, that's how this summer has played out for Orlando. And now they see how it all works and how they build from there. I've said this often. I will say this again. This was never a one-year fix. It's probably not even a two-year fix. The Magic were in a deep hole. And I think we're seeing in Summer League from what Mo Bamba can do and what Jonathan Isaac can do that the Magic are climbing out of that hole. They may not see... and Now this feels really insensitive because of what happened in Thailand, but they may not quite see daylight yet. It may just be a little glimmer of, of something resembling light. But they're making progress to get out, to get out. And that's still what's most important. Because once they get that financial flexibility, once they find that right player, that right game-changing player, that's when things speed up. Right now it's slow. Right now it's hard, especially what this organization, this franchise has been through. But that's the reality of the situation. And Orlando still has a lot of work to do. They just may not be able to get it done this summer. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Don't forget to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes. We have every NBA, NFL team, and of course, Locked On NBA as well, and a growing number of MLB teams too. So check that out. For the latest on the Orlando Magic too, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily. I'll have an announcement. Uh, tomorrow for something um, I'll be doing uh, on the Orlando Magic subreddit, so definitely uh, be sure to check that out. It's a great community. And also uh, be sure to uh, send me your questions. The Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag will be opening right after Summer League ends. I'm beginning to take mailbag questions, so send your questions my way at Daily on Twitter or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.